Hello and welcome to season two, episode four of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Sharla. And this week we are going to be talking all things Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. There, Yay. I got the full name in. <laughs> <laughs> the flagship resort of Walt Disney World. Uh, we love it. We're going to get into it. We've all stayed there. We've stayed there together. We've stayed there separately. We've stayed there, you know. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that and all of the details and why we think this may or may not be a great option for your Walt Disney World Resort stay. First up, we are going to be talking festivals in our hot take section. Heather is making faces at herself. <laughs> I, I guess there, gotta, there's a bangs issue. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't do my bangs, but then I worked out and then I put a winter hat on and I just finally glanced at myself <laughs> in the camera. And I'm like, oh, I don't look very pretty this morning. Yeah, I try not to look at myself very much. I, I, I look at the two of you. So, <laughs> Which was, that was really difficult for me the other day. The last episode you guys heard that we recorded, there was something wrong with my Skype and I could not see them. And then at one point, Sarah's screen froze, so I was just looking at her making a weird face. <laughs> Which is every face I make. <laughs> so it was, so then I just was constantly looking at myself, which was yeah. just not fun. Mr. <laughs> you wondering why you didn't hear it, because at the end of the podcast, I was like, um, Charlie, you were here, right? <laughs> why you didn't hear a lot of her. It was just, she couldn't, she couldn't see us, and when you can't, when we can't see each other, it's hard to know. It's hard to interact. Yeah. yeah, we can't when we can or can't interrupt. So um, that explains that. Mystery solved. All right. So let's get into it because you guys are hearing this towards the end of July, which no. means that it is January. July. January. The other J month. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so darn cold. I just want to fast forward to summer. That's all that is. This 20 Same. degree walking the dog at 7 a.m. thing is not working for me. <laughs> but. Anyway, January, which means that it is Festival of the Arts at Epcot right now. Um, I've actually never gotten, I, I've only been to Epcot like right before Festival of the Arts. Like I've never actually gotten to be there while it's actively happening. But you guys have both been, right? Yeah. I, in fact, I, I think have, we yeah. did the first one together. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the only one that I ever went to was the very first Festival of the Arts. Is and that what I think? Is, I mean, I remember sort of being there, but I don't remember it being fully. I think it was the business trip that you and I stayed together at the Grand Floridian. And then I, I stayed a couple of days to see my mom. And I know Charlo was there for a little bit, but that's okay. the only time I went. And I was yeah. very charmed I think when by I it. I was there, like the festival was, it, it was like the days immediately prior to it officially yes. starting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. And when we've been in February, I think like one time I walked around Epcot and they were taking it down and you yeah. weren't there. Yeah. yeah you well, just we, missed it. So yeah. yeah, we were there in February a couple times, literally in the week in between Festival of the Arts ending and right. Flower and Garden starting. <laughs> so right. yeah, I somehow always seem to miss this festival. So we wanted to get into a little bit of, of a debate because there are now so many festivals at Epcot. It's they, I mean, they might as well just call it. I think the only time they don't have a festival is like two weeks in July. Right. Yeah. There's no, uh, no, no exaggeration, no sarcasm. I think that is the only time. Yeah. I mean, there's like one week in between each of the festivals and that's it. Like Festival of the Arts ends and then literally a week and a half later, Flower and Garden. Flower and Garden goes almost, I think, I think you're right. I think there's maybe two or three weeks in between. Um, because Food and Wine now starts in July. For I mean, it's just, it doesn't even, anyway. 
Heather, I don't know. I'm going to ask this question, even though I already know the answer. Which is your favorite festival? There is only one answer. It is Food and Wine Festival. Food and Wine for Life. However, I will say this. I don't like that it starts in July. I didn't like that it started in August. I think it specifically needed to be late September to early November because to me, it makes it less special if I can mm -hmm. Go. like I, it is such a special event and I love it so much and I look forward to it every year but if I can go five months out of the year that's not special I to me I just I don't like it I know why Disney does it it's a big money maker for them but I preferred it when it was just a smaller thing and also please bring back my special events I miss the food and wine you know the wine pairing lunches and the fest um, right. you know the um what the heck is the name of the big cocktail party? Why can't I think party for the senses? Like oh, I miss yeah. that. The food booths are great, but I missed the special that, you know, the wine pairings, the wine tastings, the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I really hope that I at would... some point it's going to go back to that now that we're, I was going to say post COVID, but. I mean, I feel like Disney world's been post COVID for a minute. So yeah. come on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, my opinion on the festivals is that I really like them and I would be okay with a year-long festival. However, I want to, at this point, see more festivals then and make the ones that we have shorter. Because, like, I agree with mm. you, Heather, that food and wine maybe should be two months long, three months long, mm -hmm. instead of six months long. And then, you know, maybe maybe put in a couple of others there because... Yeah, then I can go to six different festivals instead of two different festivals or something like that. That's right. what I would like to see. Because the the food booth, I mean, the food booths in the World Showcase are just remaining out all the time. But that's not the only thing that makes um, the festivals, especially like the Festival of the Arts and the Flower and Garden Festival, special. Mm -hmm. And the Festival of the Holidays. Like, it's not about the food booths as much as like the seeing the flowers or the butterflies or the are the are all the artwork that they do. So I would kind of like to see shorter but more. Mm -hmm. If they're I gonna agree. if they're gonna keep them year long anyway. Yeah, I agree. Then... Like I would love to see like you know Disneyland has like a, a Lunar New Year celebration. Like, oh I my would... gosh, it's amazing! I was just think I swear to you, this is what I was thinking in my head right now. I would love to see that come to Walt Disney World. I, yeah, I why can't we do? um pavilion specific festivals like you right. said lunar new year for china, china and japan right um you know whatever the holiday is that maybe norway celebrates in july or, or whatever it is you know yeah. like, could what we have a day of the dead in festival japan. in mexico i don't know i don't I know but i yeah, i'm sure I every single idea. one of those pavilions has a big holiday that only that country celebrates or only maybe that you know religion or that that area of the world celebrates why can't we do that? Like yeah. the, now, granted, you know, the Asian community in Florida is not as big as it is here in Southern California, but that the Lunar New Year Festival only lasts two weeks, maybe three weeks in California Adventure. It is fantastic. There's only maybe three or four food booths. They have this beautiful parade and there's all these different traditions that you would find in China, in Korea, in Japan, because they all have a different way that they celebrate. Mm -hmm. And it's so much fun. Why why can't we do smaller little things like that? Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. going to have a controversial opinion here. My favorite festival is actually Flower and Garden. Not That's my mom's favorite. Well, you're yeah. wrong. But I, I, <laughs> I will tell you that I think food, uh, Flower and Garden is the prettiest of the festivals. Like, it's gorgeous. And that's why I like it the most. 
because you get the food and the flowers. Yeah. I yeah. love the topiaries. That is such, um, you know, it's just what, and you know, certainly food and wine has the topiaries, but it's not the focus, you know, the flower and garden stuff. I love the merchandise for the flower and garden festival. I think it has the best merchandise. Sorry, food and wine, flower and garden merchandise is way better. Um, and I don't I, garden, so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's not true. You do too. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. My husband does. I do not. I, husband, I, I reap the rewards of the garden. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's a great time of year to visit. You know, the weather is usually so pretty. It's not as hot. Once upon a time, food and wine, I, local warming is real, y'all. Because going even in October now, it's hot well that's that's what i'm saying about food and wine is why are you put i know why they're pushing it in july it's about the money but i don't want to eat beer cheese soup when it's 100 degrees outside and humid (laughs) so i feel like if you go in the summer you don't want to experience the food booths but how you feel about flower and garden is how i feel about food and wine it's not about the food booths they're Mm -hmm. fun but for me it's party for the senses doing a wine tasting and having like the real experts in you know whether they're you know bakers whether they're vintners or they're brewers they come in and they explain to you about it and they teach you about pairing it with the food like that's why i go i used to stack my vacations with like seven or eight special events at food and wine whether they were the 12 dollar ones or the 200 dollar ones because it's so interesting to me Yeah. yeah well can we also say that i think disney needs to get a handle on the people who come to drink around the world and get out of hand. Um, uh, yeah, I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen that at for every quite festival. a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. at every festival um, for specifically sure. Specifically, the one that I saw people standing on the tables in Japan was food and wine, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was a madhouse. It was, yeah, in there, and you know that's fine. Look, have fun, cut up, do your thing, but there's got to be a way to do something <laughs> for yeah. on Disney's side, you know? So yeah, I don't more, know. Se- more security, lower park passes. Like, I, you know, I don't know, but something because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's out of hand. What about festival for the holidays? Have you guys done that one? I have done again I've last I was, year. Yeah. I've been there um, a couple times during festival, of the holidays, and I'm a big fan because you, know, I love it. I love me some holidays like that. I feel should just be a permanent like, don't even call that a festival necessarily. I mean, I guess call it a festival if it makes you happy, but, you know. Well, it used to be. Installation. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't used to be. They had, yeah. like, the storytellers yeah. and stuff, and mm-hmm. they didn't call it a festival. Right. You but know? then they got so food now it's because right. if there's a festival. So now they had food booths. Yeah, F equals F. Food booths equals yeah. festivals. <laughs> I love that. I used to make it a point. Like, I would spend an entire day at Epcot and not even do any rides, but just go from pavilion to pavilion and yeah. listen to the storytellers from each country. I just, the It's best. so fascinating. Oh, this is why I love to travel, because you find, you learn so much about different cultures, and that's what I loved about this time of year at Epcot it was not so much the decorations. It was learning how do they celebrate in France? How do they celebrate in Japan? What what do they celebrate? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that was incredible. But I also just love, um, you just, I just love the whole vibe of it. You know, um, it's a very inclusive festival. I feel because it does talk about the different cultures and the different ways people celebrate and, um, Let's, I'm not even going to get into the pitiful lack of Hanukkah merchandise um, for people, but that's just another 
They, they had some really cool them. stuff at Disneyland they, last they week. They finally got some new stuff. Yes, they finally got some new. And Hanukkah, to be fair, not a massive holiday in the Jewish calendar, but still, it's the time of the season. It would be nice if we had more than just the, you know, I love you a lot cut towel or whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I want to buy that for Justin. <laughs> it's our, our neighbor is Jewish, and Justin was looking out the window. We're recording this in, in mid-December, right, by the yeah. way. He looked out the window, and he goes, Larry has Christmas lights up. And I'm like, maybe he got tired. Cause Larry is a Jewish man from New York. Like he is Larry David and I adore him. (laughs) I love him so deeply. Um, But (laughs) I was like, maybe he just got tired of everybody on the block having lights and he didn't get to have lights. So those are his Hanukkah lights. Leave him alone. Hanukkah's the festival of lights. Light it up, I say. Yeah, yeah, it happens I celebrate Christmas, but many of my friends celebrate Hanukkah. So, you know. Um, But yeah, I love the festival of the holidays and I think it's, you know, it's just so much fun. So, but Charlotte, I love your idea. I agree. Like if you're going to have a holiday or a festival just all year long, break it up, add some new ones, you know, Mm -hmm. shake it up a bit. You know what I miss um, by having the festivals there every time I go, I've noticed the last few times I've been to Epcot, like I don't eat at the actual restaurants anymore. I'm constantly at a food booth. So I'm missing whether I'm not booking a reservation to go out to a nice dinner or I am not eating at the quick services that I always loved now because now it's just let me just grab this fun yummy thing from a food booth like I I miss that by having a festival all the time yeah yep agreed all right well that's our opinions on the festivals 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 Festivals. (laughs) at Walt Disney World uh what do you think email us at info at disneyparkprincess.com and let us know which is your favorite festival and why is it Flower and Garden Festival? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. We all know it. Everyone knows it. All right. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. If you're like me, you have post-its and scraps of paper and receipts and places that you have jotted notes down on. And they're probably scattered all over your house. No, just me? (laughs) That can't possibly be true. But if you are like me and you're looking for a way to organize all of your plans for your upcoming Disney, Universal, or other vacation, look no further. Disney Park Princess has created a series of vacation planning journals designed by each of your Disney Park princesses. Three separate covers, one by me, one designed by Heather, and one designed by Sharla. And if you look at these covers, you can instantly tell who designed which one. (laughs) Go to DisneyParkPrincess.com, click on Shop, our must-have items and gift guides, and in the drop-down box, click Shop. You can also purchase these directly on Amazon, but of course, we hope that you go through our website. So whether you like the classic navy blue and pink of my cover, the gold and rose gold elegance of Heather's cover, or the 90s-inspired colors on Charlotte's cover, or maybe you want the entire set, go to DisneyParkPrincess.com and click on Shop. Thanks. All right, let's get into it. Uh, as Heather referenced earlier in the podcast, uh, she and I have stayed there together. And uh, Charlotte, I feel like you were there with us one time too, but now I don't remember. I think it was that trip. She was just with someone else. Okay. But let's just talk about how you and I had the coolest room out of anybody on that oh, trip. And everyone was so jealous. Everybody was so jealous. <laughs> so true. So true. That, yeah. that was the cool room. Um, I was there on that trip. I have stayed there couple of other times mm-hmm. as well yeah 
And Charlie, oh, I know what yeah. I'm thinking of. Charlie, you and I did a walkthrough. We actually have a YouTube video that is a walkthrough of Disney's Grand Floridian Resort if you go to our YouTube channel. And you and I were there for that. We weren't staying there that trip, but we went and did like a whole thing, um, which was a lot of fun, actually. So that's what I'm thinking of. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa is based on, the design was inspired by one of my favorite hotels in the entire world that I've ever stayed at, uh, which is the Hotel Dell, aka the Hotel Del Coronado in Coronado, California. I love it so, so, so much. <laughs> I love the Dell. I love the Dell. It's gorgeous. So pretty. I've never, I've never stayed there, but I have seen it when I was in uh, San Diego one time for a thing I, I saw it and I was like oh that's the deal like you yep. you know it immediately <laughs> you because it. <laughs> you know the Grand Floridian there's yeah. no it's, mistake you want to know what it's on the outside it's a spitting image like it's identical yes. oh, it but the Dell yeah. is very dark inside and it's they have like the coolest like you feel like you're in 1850 on like an old school beach holiday like they have mm -hmm. the coolest activities and it's I love that hotel also the sand has gold sparkles in it it does. If you ever get a chance to go to the Dell, I highly recommend doing the afternoon tea. Mm. It is amazing. One of the best teas that you will get outside the UK, I think. So Copley really adored the yoga classes. So oh. if you have a pet, <laughs> saying. <laughs> so, but back to the Grand Floridian, although we could probably do an entire podcast on the Dell. I love it that much. Um, so Grand Floridian is located in the Magic Kingdom Resort area. It is connected via monorail to the Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary, the Polynesian, as well as a brand new walkway that opened, I think, early 2022, late 2021. I don't remember when it opened. Uh, it was definitely open in late 2021 because we walked. Right. We were at the yeah. Polynesian and we did walk. Yep. Um, so also boat. Yep. And also by boat. So mm -hmm. um, bus to other, you can take the monorail to Magic Kingdom or Epcot, of course, and you can take the bus to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. The effort it took me just now, by the way, to not say MGM, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I still call it MGM. <laughs> Most of the time I do okay with it, and then every once in a while it just sneaks in, that MGM. Um, all right. Where to start? Let's start with, I guess, the overall vibe of the resorts. How would you guys describe it? I would call it elegant but laid back fancy but not stuffy and I think of it as bright and airy like it's mm -hmm. just so open and I I love this hotel so much the lobby <laughs> is probably my favorite lobby of mm -hmm. of any Walt Disney World resort mm -hmm. I just, you just yeah. feel classy walking in there mm -hmm. But not stuffy. Like it's yeah, like if you're in flip-flops, yeah, you don't have to feel awkward in flip-flops and shorts, but like you just walk in and you feel like, oh, okay, I'm somewhere special. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, I just, I love the, it's, it's the, the vibe is sort of Victorian era, you know, with the hotel is, you know, this gorgeous Victorian era sort of like gingerbread lace woodwork cutouts and the lobby is all painted white. Um, there's like this huge bird cage, gorgeous elevator. There's usually, there's a grand piano in the lobby where there is often a piano player. The and grand staircase. Staircase. Where you see the brides doing their pictures. Like yep. I just want to be in a gown and take some pictures on there. Like it's so beautiful. I think I actually have pictures of me on that staircase from like my third, yeah, my 30th birthday going to Victorian Alberts. We did some pictures. Um, I remember, but uh, 
I, however, am going to just file a complaint as I so often do when it comes to this topic. I want the orchestra back. Oh, same. Mm-hmm. 100% same. Also, um, my uncle is a musician in the New York area. Um, and he knew a lot of those musicians because they are retired. You know, they would play for um, different orchestras in New York City. They would play for, you know, the the ballet, all of that. Like they were legit musicians that they did this their whole life. And they had retired to Florida and played with the Grand Floridian Orchestra. And so I am bummed on their behalf. Like you just took that away from them bring them yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. And I that understand was... cost cutting measures and everything, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, but mm, I don't know. Yeah. But didn't they do that before the pandemic when they opened? They changed right around the same to, time, I think. Um, they changed Misners to the, the Rose or whatever. Yeah. I think yeah. can't remember the name of it. Yeah. But. Which I still have not been, like I've been in it and walked around and seen it, but I've not been there yet to um, enjoy a, a, any food or cocktails. Hey. Yep walked around it but haven't haven't ordered anything yet mm-hmm. although i'm looking forward to that um so in the lobby there are shops there is the garden view tea room uh if you go up a level there are uh there is a bibbidi bobbidi boutique located at the uh, well i guess is it technically a bibbidi bobbidi boutique or is it a yeah it is. yeah it's a bibbidi boutique i couldn't remember if it was yeah something at some other salon or something like that but yeah it's a bibbidi boutique um there is a basin which we very much enjoy oh my gosh <laughs> that's like and that particular basin i think i like better than the other one yeah the shopping at the grand floridian is chef's kiss yes <laughs> yes cool. it is oh i love it i love it so much yeah yeah um in terms of dining there are eight dining options at Disney's Grand Floridian. I think it has the most of any resort. Yes, it does. Yeah, which makes sense being the flagship. Yeah. Uh, What's your, Charlotte, what's your favorite place to eat at the Grand Floridian? Um, I've only been to, (laughs) um, I haven't been to any of, all of them. I've been to 1900 Park Fair, and I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the best character meals on property, no doubt. Agreed. Um, I also really like that restaurant because um, it has that calliope that if you ask them nicely, they might they might play it. Yep. Um, and it's just an absolutely gorgeous instrument. But then uh, there's the Gasparilla Grill, which is their quick service, and I do like that. But I think my favorite that I have that I have been to is the Grand Floridian Cafe, um, mm. which is mm-hmm. um, very very good. It's a sit down. There's no characters, but it's a sit down casual. And I, think I just think that it's one good. is a sleeper hit. Like Grand Claire is I, so yeah. underrated, I feel. So underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great location. And I feel like it's one of those things, one of those places that is so under the radar that you can usually just like find a reservation yep. at that moment or just walk right in. And everything, like, Sarah, you and I had breakfast there. I've had breakfast there with my family. Lunch is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dinner is Dinner great. Dinner is like, great. It is one of the best restaurants on property that nobody knows about. Nobody knows about it. It's such an insider secret. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say my experience at Victorian Alberts was one of the best meals of my life. I love Victorian Alberts. That's to me, that's such a special occasion thing. I almost wouldn't put it on my list though, of favorite places to dine there just because it's so specific, if you will. I really think Gasparilla Grill is actually a really underrated counter service location too. I think it's one of the best counter service locations at any of the resorts. It is. So 
I, they always have the cutest little like pastries and things too, mm-hmm. like fi- like nods to whatever season or celebration. I've eaten at every restaurant there except Citricos. Um, and I, and I've been to Citricos, but not Narcusis. <laughs> Narcusis is one of my favorite places, and I'm not even like a seafood person. Um, I, oh gosh, I'm gonna tell you all my very secret favorite thing to do. And I'm going to regret this because then there's going to be no reservations left. But my very favorite thing to do when I go for 4th of July is book a reservation at Narcusi's on July 3rd because Magic Kingdom does their 4th of July fireworks twice. Um, so I book a reservation there for July 3rd, have a fantastic dinner. And then when the fireworks go, you walk out onto their little deck because they have a wraparound deck. They pipe in the music and you have the best view of the Magic Kingdom fireworks because those fireworks are not only in the Magic Kingdom, but they are around the Seven Seas Lagoon and every hotel shoots off fireworks that you can't tell where they're coming from when you're in the park. But when you're out in the Grand Floridian, you have like this gorgeous 360 view of them. Like, oh, it's one of the best experiences I've ever done at at Walt Disney World. So you're welcome. Please just save a reservation for me. Um, (laughs) I love Narcos. Or just add a plus one to your reservation so she can join you. (laughs) Yeah, if you include me, it's fine. One of us will get get it and it'll be great. Um, But I am going to echo you that I think Victoria and Albert's has been my favorite meal I've ever had Mm -hmm. at Disney. Not including California Girl because... I don't know. Victorian Alberts is special. It's not a thing that you can go to all the time. Yeah, you would really you want to. to compare that to anything else because it's, it's such a specific experience. It's like a special event. Like I just got married. It's my birthday. It's my anniversary. I got this promotion at work. Like you're going there because it's it's expensive and you just had a big life moment that you want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the food my there friends is got phenomenal. my friends got engaged there. Well, they got engaged Aww. on the beach, but they ate there first. Yeah, Aww. so. I love that. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, so, no, go ahead. I've never been to any of their nice restaurants oh there. Our next trip, we are literally going and we are, forget well, the parks, forget anything. We're just taking you to the California Grill and Victoria and Albert's. We're trying to Victoria and Albert's, <laughs> Narcosis, California well, Grill. Said, I've been to Gico. We're going to all the signature restaurants. I've been to Gico. I have been to Gico. Um, um, on our last trip, uh, Lou said, do you want to go to California Grill? And I said, no, I have to wait for Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, at this point, you cannot go without me. Let's, like, yeah. let's just well, go next weekend. Let's book a We'll fly in. Okay. I'm in. Let's only go. Only sure. eat at California sure, Grill and go. go home. It's Christmas next weekend, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, um, to spend that's... Christmas with their family. <laughs> yeah. Totally not booked up already. And, yeah, um, it's fine. <laughs> but... I mean, I mean, I have been to several specialty dining restaurants, but we had one that was our favorite, so we never went anywhere else. So now I need a new favorite <laughs> because that one is no longer, it's still a thing, but now it's a character meal and they've changed it up. So Artist point. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't been since they changed point. it because I got so mad. Maybe we do that one too. We should all go to ones that we've, that'll be our trip. We're going to California Girl for Charlotte, Artist Point for me, and Narcusis for Sarah. There you go. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, confession, I've never been to Chico either, but that's okay. Um, I know, I know. Look, there's a lot of restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> there is, and there's a lot that I haven't been to, but I, I tend to go to the signature ones and not like the, the character meals. Like I've never eaten at C- Cinderella's Royal Table because it doesn't appeal to me. 
Right. See, yeah. <laughs> Cinderella's royal table. I will say is all right. Anyway, let's get back on topic. Back on okay. topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other. Maybe this is the whole other thing. Is talking about. <laughs> we'll talk about the Grand Floridian later. What we still we haven't done yet. What we still haven't done yet. Yeah. Let's go back to the Grand Floridian. Okay. So we've covered sort of the general vibe of the resort. Uh, we talked about the dining. Let's talk about the exterior of the resort, like the pools and the beaches and like all that sort of stuff, because it's extensive. This is a large resort. It's very big, like, and and unless you're staying at the very highest level of club level, you're in an outer building, and so that's something to consider because what if it's raining and you have to get from the lobby to your hotel room? <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. it is. Yeah, there are. How, I've lost track of how many buildings there, are, exterior buildings there are at the Grand Floridian now, but there's a bunch. A lot. There's a lot. Um, so yeah. rooms, and we have uh, an entire blog post, by the way, about Dis multiple blog posts about um, Disney's Grand Floridian on our website. So if you go to DisneyParkPrincess.com, type in Grand Floridian, it'll bring up all of our different, because we have just an overview of the resort. We also have, um, you know, specific room types and which ones we think are best at each resort and so on and so forth. So you can get all of those details on DisneyParkPrincess.com. But um, I am obsessed and I'm not even a little kid and I've never actually played in it, but I'm obsessed with the Mad Hatter water play area. Me too. <laughs> I love Me it too. so much. It's I could so sit there cute. for hours and watch little kids play in that. Yeah. It's incredible. I love that. I, I mean, obviously I like anything Alice in Wonderland, but it's like, oh great. Yay. Finally. And on to Alice somewhere in the parks. And I just, I think it's so fun. Yeah. Um, multiple pools. So they have a main attraction pool and then uh, one or two. One quiet. Oh, no, two quiet pools now. Right? Yeah, two quiet pools DVC. now. Yep. I will say one thing to know, like we were saying how big it is with all of the outbuildings, like their nicest rooms minus the fancy club level because there's two levels of club level here. Um, but their nicest rooms, which would be, you know, theme park view so you can see the Cinderella Castle at night, they're the furthest from the lobby because the resort is so big and there's so many buildings. The ones that look out onto Seven Seas Lagoon and the Magic Kingdom have to be the furthest away. Right. Yeah. Yep. Which is and the opposite of most of the other hotels. And I have an I have a note on that as well because we were in one of those rooms and it was <laughs> it was before one of my half marathons and I thought this is a great hotel because of the monorail and all this stuff. But they put us in one of those rooms that was right on the water. Oh, and yeah. the electric water pageant, it was a great room, but the electric water pageant comes through every night, which is another benefit to staying there. However, if you're trying to go to bed at eight o'clock before <laughs> a race, it is not a good place to be. Other than that, it was a fantastic room. And I, you can see it from the monorail where we were and everything. But just keep in mind, if you're there for something like that, those are not the best rooms. Yeah. Other than that, it was the absolute best room. I loved that room, but yeah. Yeah. One thing I would note, uh, Heather and I referenced the room that we stayed in uh, on a trip a few years ago. And I would definitely ask for one of these rooms. Like if you put in a room request when you book your hotel, or you have your travel agent <laughs> put in a room request when you book your hotel, ask for a top floor um, because those rooms have most of them, the dormered windows, which is what we had. So our room had really, really high ceilings and dormered windows. And it was just so pretty and so open feeling like the room felt huge. The actual square footage of it, you know, like the base, the you know, the floor plan wasn't really any bigger, but because of the high ceilings, it just felt gigantic. 
Yeah. Right. And uh, this is, you know, a plug for travel agents. This is why you use one because we know all the different room types and the best places to stay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I agree, like all the rooms are beautiful and they're all decorated the same, but those top floor rooms just really make you feel like you're in a Victorian mansion. Yeah. It feels bigger, even though it's not, it just, it feels a little bit more special. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so let's talk about the rooms themselves, uh, sort of the layout of them and it, how or if they differ from any other deluxe resort rooms. Um, I mean, they, they're they one of the big, some of the biggest rooms on property. Yep. I think the, especially the older hotels have the biggest rooms. Um, yeah. And then those three of the Magic Kingdom resorts I mean, on the monorail have the biggest. So yep. it's definitely a big room. They also will sleep five, which not all deluxe resorts will do. Mm -hmm. So yep. so there's typically two queen beds and a day bed in the room of the Grand Floridian. Um, I also find, again, because this is the flagship resort, the decor is just a little bit elevated, you know, over some of the other deluxe resorts, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have high-end finishes like you know gorgeous marble countertops in the bathroom and um you know things like that so right. i really like the i really like, like the, the vibe yes it's and i like the color palette with the gray it's kind of muted but somehow like i don't know it's just very elegant mm -hmm. um and i think some people would probably say that it's stuffy and it's not so very disney um but I don't, I don't, I don't think know. That's true. <laughs> I don't think it's true either. But I, I, I hear that a lot from clients of, oh, it's just too stuffy. I'm like, what? I think people who haven't stayed there get that feeling from it. Because if you look at it from the outside and you think Victorian, Victorian has sort of connotations of formality and stuffiness. And I can get why people would think that. <laughs> Which is what I love. Like I would, my dream house is a, like a beautiful old Victorian home with there a formal go. living room and two kitchens and the butler uh, pantry. That's what I want in life. You should move to New England because we have lots of those here. <laughs> we the, had a lot in New Jersey and we have some out here too. I'm on the search. <laughs> the, um, the Disneyland Hotel in Tokyo Reminded me a lot of the Grand Floridian. Yeah. So, Same in Hong Kong. Hong Kong as mm. well. It's almost an exact copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They have been consistent with their <laughs> flagship. Yeah. Well, kind of, kind of Paris too. Um, well, Paris the interior for sure. Right. Really right. feel yeah. like not the exterior. Really hurting though. Like we all said it when we were there. We're like, oh, this doesn't feel Victorian. It feels 1990s. Feels dated. Yeah. Felt, felt like, like, like if Laura Ashley designed a hotel. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is a perfect way to describe. Although a complete detour, it has been closed for refurbishment for what two years now, and it's not opening until 2024. So field trip. Like there I want to go be and massive stay at changes. The yeah. fanciest suite there. Like just seeing what they did with the Hotel New York. Like the Disneyland Hotel is going to be incredible there. So I'm right. excited. Right. Um, yeah. That it desperately needed an update. So I'm glad that they're taking so long to do that. But. Um, Let's see, what else about the Grand Floridian? You know, it's such a great location. I do want to talk about the monorail a little bit because I think people get really focused on the monorail transportation to the parks. And I just want to put it out there that even at monorail resorts, the monorail is not always your best option. No. <laughs> uh -uh. There's something charming about the boat 
um, from the, the Magic Kingdom hotels to the Magic Kingdom, especially the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian. They're not like the big, the bigger, like fairy-ish boats that um, Contemporary and Wilderness Lodge have. They're very small. Like they look like little sailing ships. And I love them because only a handful of people can fit on them. And it's so peaceful. And maybe not in the morning when you're trying to rush to, you know, make extra magic hours. But if you're coming back in the middle of the day to relax, go to the pool, whatever it may be, just that peaceful 15 minute ride on that boat is the most magical thing. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think people, what happens is you get this, everybody's so focused on the monorail and look, the monorail is great, but like getting to the park in the morning when you la di daddy and everybody are trying to get to the park at the same time. <laughs> I have a song in my head now. <laughs> daddy, daddy, we likes to party. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think it, it's, a good time to explore either the boat or the walking path, you know? And again, this speaks to a lot of people I hear say, oh, well, I only want to go to the parks. I'm in the park from opening until close. And that's valid. That's great. But for those people who like to relax on vacation, this is where the deluxe resorts really, they really shine. Like, Wait, you sorry. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We haven't said this in so long. What What is it that we, we think people should be doing in the parks? Do less, enjoy, enjoy more. Very good. <laughs> I haven't said that in a very long time. So, you know, especially for people, and maybe you know your first, second, or third trip, that's not possible. You're trying to fit it all in. But for our listeners, you know, a lot of them go all the time, just like we do. We're lucky we get to go as much as we want several times a year. And so, when you've reached that echelon, it's worth it to slow down enjoy your resort, see what's out there, do something you haven't done before. Even if that's something is, you know, watching a movie at your hotel or participating in one of the activities that are on the schedule. It just, it makes the experience so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although let me be clear. I don't get to go as often as I want several times a year. <laughs> I would love you to. You will. Time. We'll get back to it. I yeah, believe we'll get back it. to it. We're not there yet, but I would love it if that were true. Uh, but it's not because... Mama's got college tuition to pay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But we really, so let's try to sort of rank the Grand Floridian in the pantheon of deluxe resorts. Obviously, you know, this is not a surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast. Beach Club is always going to be our favorite. Where would you rank Grand Floridian, though, compared to, you know, the Beach Club? This is so hard for me because I don't think I've ever ranked my, like, Beach Club is my favorite, period, full stop. And then after that, like, I don't know, wherever I stay is good. I have a good time. So I've never actually thought about where would it fall. I I personally like staying in the Epcot area just because that's my favorite park. But there is something about staying at, for me specifically, the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian that I just think it's so magical i love Mm -hmm. them because i i feel like i'm in another world i i feel more relaxed there weirdly i don't Mm -hmm. know like i feel like they're both more resorty than a lot of the other disney hotels yep and now we've done a previous podcast on the contemporary so you can go back in our old episodes i forget what episode number it was but we did a, a full episode on the contemporary and we have one coming up on the polynesian so we'll get to compare those two um I, to me, it comes down a lot to where am I going to be spending the most of my time? Is it more mm-hmm. of a Magic Kingdom focused trip? Because maybe I'm going to a Halloween party or a Christmas party or whatever. Um, or am I going to be spending more time in Epcot? So it it really comes down to proximity for me a lot of the time. 
Also, I will just say the um, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. That's what we're forgetting to talk about. The and spa part. Yes. (laughs) Because how many people go to the spa when they're at Walt Disney World? Probably not. We do. But probably not many. Yeah. Probably not many. I think a lot of people don't even realize that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's two. A lot of the deluxe resorts will have like, um, you know, massages available or, or a barber shop. But there's only two actual spas on property. The Grand Floridian and Saratoga Springs. And... What a way to take a day out of your trip and actually relax and enjoy yourself. It's, oh gosh. What did we get? We got the the foot massage when we were there, the foot and leg massage. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. We did. Yeah. Um, and they greet you with champagne, everybody, and they give you snacks when you leave. So you get a spa treatment and presents. Yep. Those are my and we got to spend things. time. we got to spend time in the hot tubs and on the tile mm-hmm. loungers and yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it a was, whole experience. That was great. I mean, the Grand Floridian has tennis courts, or they did before, uh, not too long ago. They may have taken them down for the villas, but I think they got rid of them for the villas slash walkway project. But but I mean, just don't overlook all of the things that there are there. Um, Yeah, yeah. There's a whole slate of activities. There's spot. There's the marina. We haven't talked about the marina. Oh my gosh! How have we not talked about the marina? Because that's one of the best parts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you could go fancy or you can go cheap at this marina. They pick a thing. They have it. Ooh, the grand one, honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. When we got to do that now, this was a special <laughs> event for a work trip. But so don't fun. tell me I was in a celebrity. on oh, that. Could, I yeah. loved that. Okay. Could not tell me I was not Mariah Carey. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it was the best. <laughs> and you so good. And you rent this whether it's you want it to be an anniversary dinner with, like, you know, 10 to 15 of your family members. Maybe it's a special night you're proposing. Maybe it's Wednesday night and you just had a really great year and you're here to celebrate life. Um, You can rent out the grand one for a few hours. Um, They're really popular to do the fireworks cruises. And you Mm -hmm. have, you know, not only the boat crew, but you have a butler that will serve you appetizers, desserts, champagne, whatever you want. They'll have a whole menu and you can order whatever you want off that menu and they will have it for you on that yacht when you come on board. But what's nice is that it's not just the yacht, right? They have the yacht, but they have a whole range of boat options um, for you to rent and enjoy during your stay there. So, you know, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, though. The deluxe resorts really are like if you are doing a do less, enjoy more trip, the deluxe resorts are where it's at. And the Grand Floridian, honestly, in particular, because it has everything. 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 You can play tennis there if you want to play tennis. Go ahead; they have that for you. I mean, do they? We were just we were just saying. Do they? Have, are the tennis courts still there? I think they're still there. Yeah, they are still there. Okay, all right. I couldn't remember if they got rid of them or not, but yeah. Uh, I mean, they have. You know, there's the beach, which you cannot again. Just to repeat this, you cannot swim at the beach. They're all fenced off and everything, and. Tragic. Listen, that was a tragedy, but also, you know, I don't want to go in that water if you paid me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the um, Disney World website, it has not does not list tennis at the Grand Floridian anymore. But I did not know this. There are seven uh, Walt Disney World Resort hotels with tennis courts. Hmm. Seven still. Wow. Um. Contemporary and Bailey Tower, Animal Kingdom Villas, Kadani, 
boardwalk in and villas has two yeah. courts adjacent to community hall yeah the uh, fort wilderness um yeah. old key west saratoga oh, springs okay and at the yacht and beach club near the admiral pool oh interesting you can also take tennis lessons mm -hmm. at some of these anyway this is way off topic but you can still do um play tennis their first come first serve looks like they're free and you can check out equipment for free. Oh, if you are if you are a DVC member, DVC member for all other guests and associated fee replies to to check out equipment. But that seems I wouldn't take a tennis racket with me. So, right, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we love Disney's Grand Floridian, as you can tell. I think it is. Let's talk about who we think the Grand Floridian is best for, in terms of like families with kids or you know, solo trips or girls trips or couple trips. What do we think? All of the above. It mm -hmm. just, you, you know, maybe I think it's good for everybody. It's not a place where kids have to feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, they still have the, the play areas and the characters are there and it's close to the Magic Kingdom. I mean, if you want to take your toddler to the Magic Kingdom, Grand Floridian and the Contemporary are the two best places to stay. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they don't have the giant like, you know, mickey mouse phone like they do over at pop century yeah. but they're they're clo as close as you can get to the parks and when you need to take that nap in the middle of the day 15 minutes out of your day to get back to your room you know so they're great they're also great for couples on their honeymoon or just for a romantic getaway they're great for a family reunion because they have villas there so you can have a multi-generational family in one room they're good. The, the grand is good for everybody. I agree. Yeah. And um, so, and don't think that just because it's a deluxe resort, it will be more expensive. Um, I just priced out and booked a deluxe resort for some clients that was $200 cheaper total than Art of Animation because the discount was bigger higher than, yeah yeah that is the 25 percent discount was better than the 10 percent discount and it was 200 dollars cheaper so yeah. don't think that just don't because it's deluxe it. it's going to be more expensive yeah yeah the sales always come down to which hotel has rooms available the more rooms they have available mm -hmm. higher the likelihood that they're going to be offering some type of discount sometimes exactly. that's the grand sometimes that's pop century <laughs> you just never know but yeah, don't write it off. And don't assume, I hear this so many, so often, you know, I used to hear from clients, oh, it just, it doesn't feel really kid-friendly. That's, it's so not true. <laughs> I know, so I always, true. I always marvel at that. Like, you're going to Disney, name a place that's not kid-friendly. Like, literally, Victoria and Albert is the only non-kid-friendly place in all of Disney universe. Right. So and I don't. Even then, even then, you can, as long as they're 12 and up, you can bring them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we love the grand. We think you should give it a shot. Maybe it's not, you know, it's not for everyone. Maybe it's not your particular taste. Maybe it's not your particular vibe, um, but definitely worth a shot. Even if it's just once in a lifetime, you know? Why not? Uh, why not? Try it. Try everything. Like Shakira oh, likes to tell me. They were playing it a lot at Disneyland last week. And I was oh, like, okay. sure they were. <laughs> All right. That does it for this week's episode of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Coming up next on our Patreon Extra, 
this was a sort of listener request. Um, <clears throat> we haven't really discussed it, and we're still not going to be discussing it, but there was a bit of a CEO shakeup while we were on our break, and we're not getting into the politics of the CEO shakeup, but we are going to discuss and enter the realm of pure speculation about what we think might change, what we think should change, everything from park passes to park, you know, uh, hopping to Genie Plus and the dreaded Disney dining plan. We're going to be getting into all of that on today's Patreon. Uh, so if you are not a Patreon supporter and you would like to hear our thoughts on all of that, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess. Um, I was going to tell you what's coming up next week, except I don't remember off the top of my head. Let me see the if I can get the... Is it no, the I don't think next week. Let's see. Uh, overlooked Attractions is next week, actually. Ooh. Charlotte, you were just asking for that topic, and that is what's coming up next. So uh, that does it for episode four, season two of the Disney Park Princess podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Au revoir.